Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. All right, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. How's everybody doing out here? I'm with Mark Eitzman from Integrated Mill System. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Mike, it's great to be here with you. So, Mark, you just did a presentation live at the Ravenna Oaks for our Safety Council members, and you talked about staying safe around automation. And one of the things you start off is the importance of risk assessment. Now, in your presentation, you talked about what we often call risk assessment actually isn't risk assessment. So for our listeners on the podcast, you want to clarify what real risk assessment actually is so we can have safer workplaces. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, and we, we run into this a lot where somebody will hand us a risk assessment and say, hey, design a system based on this. And what there's typically a significant amount of information missing. The key part of it that's missing is the people. How are the people actually interacting with that machine? Sometimes we get a risk assessment from that somebody else has done, and it's really a hazard audit. So they've done a good job at identifying the hazards and say mitigate these hazards. But if I do that, I may impede how somebody is actually using the machine, the operator, the maintenance person. And then typically what happens if we do something like that, we put a guard in place to mitigate this hazard, and it impedes somebody's job, what are they going to go do? probably going to defeat it. They're right. probably going to go around it. You've got an ineffective safety solution. You make all this investment, it gets undermined, it gets thrown out, it's not effective. So when we say risk assessment, we define it as a team task-based risk assessment. We want to talk to everybody who is, as the standards call it, collaborating with that machine, directly or indirectly. How do you use this machine? What's ta- what tasks are you actually doing? What are each of the steps that you go through with those tasks? And while going through those steps, what hazards do you come across? And we'll do this with everybody associated, maintenance, operators, passers-by, supervisors, quality inspectors, all those people. They'll all be in the room. That's the team part of it. And we'll go through everybody's tasks associated with it. If we do come up with a risk or a hazard that isn't acceptable, we want to do something about it, we put a solution together. Everybody who's associated with that machine will be involved in the development of that solution, ensuring that we don't impede anybody's hazard or any, I'm sorry, anybody's task just by us mitigating that hazard. So the issue is out there in the market, you hear the term risk assessment. A lot of times you're only getting a hazard audit. So be careful. You know, if you want to follow a standard for risk assessments, it's ANSI B11.0 or ISO 12100. That'll define a risk assessment. And if you want to go buy one, maybe just say that. I want a risk assessment per ANSI B11.0, and you'll be sure to get a team-based, task-based risk assessment. Now, how much of this is actually just the easy way out? Taking kind of the lazy road of saying, no, we probably should do it that way, but a hazard assessment is good enough. Is that calculate? You know, we don't want to have to get the cross-functional team to put together. Do you see that a lot at companies that are more resistant to doing a more thorough risk assessment? Those that probably haven't been bit by the fact that they should have done a risk assessment, but they just did a hazard assessment. I'm dealing with one right now. I just took a tour of a mill, and they didn't have a risk assessment done. They did a hazard assessment, and simply the solution was putting physical guarding up around all the hazards. Literally, the first operator we got to really was bragging on the engineer. He's like, why did you do this? Look at what I have to do. Now I have to reach around this thing to reach this thing. Now you've induced an ergonomic hazard here, and I can't do it. He was so frustrated with it. 
Now, if he had been in the room and we had talked to him during the team-based task-based risk assessment, we would have said, well, we can't put a physical guard there. Let's find something else to do. Because there's almost always something else you could do that's better that will accommodate everything. So it is difficult if somebody hasn't been through that, heard the frustrations with it, or if you hire somebody like us who's very thoroughly, we're going to go through and, and design the mitigation, the guarding, the interlock gates, the control circuit and stuff like that. Most of the time, we have to go back and basically conduct a risk assessment in order to design those solutions properly. So if you do it just a hazard assessment and you expect you're gonna go do something about it, you probably either wasted your money doing that, wasted your time, or you're gonna to have to invest a little bit more in order to do it properly. Right, sounds like they gotta start from square one all over again. So just do it right the first time, spend a little extra money, bring someone in a third party like IMS that knows what they're doing, and have it done right out there, mitigate those risks. So if someone's hearing that and is like, you know what, Mark, I do that. We do that. We've come across those issues. What's one thing if they want to like just take the first step? What's that first step, that one thing they could do to start transitioning into that process of how they do things as a company, maybe as a culture or policy into that proper risk assessment? You know, it is a, a time-consuming, it's a significant investment to do a, a risk assessment the proper way. So do you want to do that? Can you practically do that for every machine you have out there? And it's probably not the case. So you kind of, things get stymied a lot of times where somebody realizes, oh my gosh, we really need to upgrade the way we do things and, you know, the policy procedure, all that stuff. But we help you eat the elephant as well. So doing a hazard audit or a machine guarding audit, it's a very simple risk evaluation to put your assets, each machine, into one of three buckets, low, medium, or high. What's the probability that a safety incident will occur on this particular machine? And we'll use a standards-based risk probability and severity gauge, but we will put those in the proper bucket. Basically, prioritize all your assets. Here are the high assets, high-risk assets. These are the ones we probably want to put, you know, do a formal risk assessment on and even prioritize within that bucket. You know, what are the very highest ones? What, what's the one that we want to start with? And begin to, you know, maybe a five-year plan out there to say every year we're going to do four risk assessments once a quarter. Lay that plan out for five years. The good news is, is one, you begin to eat the elephant. You get it done, and, and you begin to mitigate things. You reduce the overall risk by taking the highest stuff out first. But let's say an incident occurs on a machine you probably were going to do in year four, and you were year two into the plan. It looks much better to the regulatory agencies that come in and investigate when you say, yes, we had that on the list. These were our higher priorities. Here's where we're spending our time and money and effort to mitigate the risk here because we've evaluated the risk. We didn't think that that was as high a risk. But you look much better when you have this five-year plan laid out than if you didn't. And in some cases, you go like, hey, look at I can verify, you know, these 18 assets over here. The risk is so low. We accepted, you know, the level of risk at those. So I take them. I don't even have to worry about those. I'm never going to have to eat that part of the elephant. So it's, it's a, an anxiety relief, you know, there as well. Awesome. If anyone wants to reach out to you and get some more information about what you trained us on today or how IMS can help them, how do they reach out to you? How do they contact IMS? You can reach me. I'm at 216-339-2583. My email address is meitzman, M-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N, at integratedmillsystems.com. Or look us up on uh, 
uh, Google Us Integrated Mill Systems. We're in Willoughby, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Houston. And if you're listening to this podcast, I will put a link in the show notes. You click on the show notes. I'll have a link to the website and Mark's contact information in there. So, Mark, thank you very much. Thanks for sticking by to do this follow-up interview. Everybody out there, thank you for listening and be safe. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.